just to start really small, but just start doing like one thing and get that working and then you can build on it and then grow from there. But you know, to start doing Facebook ads and Instagram ads, Google ads, like it's, it's too much, you know, for many people. So find, um, yeah, find what works and do that sort of and build on it. So for example, just start with Google search. Don't bother doing the other parts of Google that I we touched on at the very beginning of the episode. There's no point. Actually, I created a course specifically for your kind of listener where it's like Google ads light. Welcome to the Marketing Your Practice podcast, where we guide natural health and wellness experts through the pitfalls of marketing. Each episode, you'll learn simple, effective, easily actionable, and heart-centered marketing strategies. And here's your host, Angus Pike. Well, good morning, good afternoon, good evening. Welcome to the Marketing Your Practice podcast. Today, we've got a great episode ahead of us with Alana Wexler. Now, Alana is a former data analyst turned PPC expert. Now, that's pay-per-click. We'll be talking about that throughout the show today. Now, she's the founder of a boutique digital agency called Green Arrow, which specializes in aforementioned pay-per-click. Now, her agency currently manages well over a million dollars worth of ad spend across lots of different uh, platforms. So basically, that means she really knows her stuff. Now, she also runs an online training membership. We'll talk about that as well, where she teaches people just like us how to run our own ads. And she's got her own fabulous podcast too called Talking Web Marketing. Alana, welcome to the show. Thank you so much for having me. It's a, it's a thrill to be here. <laughs> now, again, just in case you're here in the background, we've also, this is my first episode also with a puppy as well. So you have yeah. a nine-week-old puppy sitting on your lap at the moment. Is she still there? She is still there and she's on my lap because I don't trust her to be anywhere else at this point. <laughs> this point. So let's hope she behaves. She's pretty tired. So okay. we'll see how we go. But, you know, you never can tell what's going to happen with a puppy. No, well, I'm excited about this. As we were talking about beforehand, I am dog obsessed. So I'm okay with dogs being a part of, uh, of the show as well. So this is a first for me. Hey, now let's jump into it. So can you give us a little bit of a background what got you to now? You know, I talked about an intro from kind of data analyst, which sounds super nerdy, all the way into kind of what you're doing now, which is probably even with more numbers and bits and pieces like that. So a bit of background story, and then we're going to jump into all things kind of Google ads and all that kind of great stuff as well. Yeah, sure. So um, yeah, it's one of those things that like, if you asked me, you know, 10, 15 years ago, would I be doing this? This answer would have said, no way. So as you did mention, I did used to be a data analyst. I was uh, heavily in corporate. I was what's called a lifer. Someone's there for life. And um, contrary to a lot of the traditional kind of entrepreneurial stories where I hated my job. I was the opposite, actually. I actually really loved my job and I had zero intention of leaving. But then as a female who wanted to start a family, I quickly discovered that family and corporate are like oil and water and they do not mix. Mm -hmm. So I realized that, hang on a minute, um, you know, it's not, this is not a long-term kind of uh, solution for me. So I decided to, I guess I made the easy, but yet also hard decision to leave my corporate career to start having a family. Um, and, and that sort of sparked my journey actually. And so I was a data analyst. I basically lived in a spreadsheet for about 10 years mm -hmm. and, um, loved all things spreadsheets. So I thought, well, what, what can I do? What are my skills here? You know, I was so corporatized, I, you know, 
So I thought, well, maybe businesses need help with spreadsheets. So I actually, uh, this is going back a long time ago now because my son is almost 11. So 11, 12 years ago now, because I was on maternity leave and I put an ad on Gumtree, which is, you know, like our equivalent of uh, Americans Craigslist. Yes. A spreadsheet help and to my surprise people answered my ad and I got consulting work and so then I thought oh hang on a minute I guess I need a website so I bought my first ever domain of xlhelp.com.au and then I uh, built a website and then to my shock and horror no one came to my website mm. I thought build it and they will come but no they did not come and that, I guess, sparked that journey of, of traffic and, and stuff. And I very quickly abandoned my excelhelp.com.au and moved on to uh, other areas. So that's the, that's the abbreviated version. Maybe one day you and I can have a, a longer discussion because it's a long, a long journey to hear. Yeah. I, I, it, I chuckle with the builder and they will come because it was my entire marketing strategy for my first five years in practice. And, uh, you know, many of the kind of, of our listeners, complementary health practitioners tend to be a little bit kind of woo-woo. You know, I'm kind of one of those as well. And so it's like, put the universal energy out there, build it and they will come, they will come. But it's not a great kind of marketing strategy, really. We'll talk about some better ones. So jumped into there. So today we're going to talk um, all about kind of Google and Google ads and pay-per-click and all those kind of things as, as well. So can you, you know what, let's just assume that our audience knows very little about that. You know, what is this concept of pay-per-click? What are Google ads? Many of them know about Facebook ads, but what are Google ads and how would we use that to drive traffic to our websites? Okay, so uh, Google ads is obviously showing ads on the Google ad platform. The Google ad platform, most people don't realize, is actually really vast. So there's kind of like four main parts to Google, the Google ad platform. The first is Google search, where everyone's gone to google.com and they've typed in chiropractor Bondi, if you're in Sydney, for example. Um, and then the ads that show up above the free listings. So they're the ones that say the little ad next to it. They're always above the free listings and they're often above the maps, which is the, you know, the map block. Yes. Um, so that's that search. That's one, just one part of Google ads. There's a whole other part of Google ads, which is called Google shopping, which is the images that show up with a price, which is not for your kind of target audience. There's another whole part called the Google display network, which is putting banners on other people's websites. So Sydney morning Herald, for example, um, along with lots of other websites, there's literally over 2 million websites you can do that for and also YouTube. So the Google ad platform is a bit of a beast, uh, but having said that, you don't have to do everything on there. If you're a local chiropractor, chances are you're only really going to run Google search ads where somebody's typed in, as I said, chiropractor Bondi or whatever, and you want your ad to show up for those types of uh, search queries that people put in. So it is very, very effective for many types of local businesses for lots of reasons. The main reason is the intent. Somebody has literally typed that into Google at that instant and you as a business have the opportunity to effectively slide your business card under the nose of someone at that instant that they've searched for it. So it's fundamentally different to, to Facebook ads where they're looking at their Facebook newsfeed. They want to 
have a look at their friends photos or participate in some groups etc these people have literally just typed this into Google you know that they're searching for that it's now your job to entice them to click on your ad and get them to your website and try and convert them there and it's also fundamentally different to Facebook in that you only pay when somebody clicks on your ad so you only pay when people are interested in your business yeah different to Facebook where you pay for an impression you pay for your ad to be seen you I will say though yeah one last so thing is going. that I will say though that it is an amazing advertising opportunity for those reasons that I've mentioned, but you do pay for that privilege. Google search tends to be much more expensive than Facebook ads. However, the conversion rate, so the people who do click on your ad that then pick up the phone and call you is really, really high because of the intent-based nature of it. So you can't really compare the apples and oranges of it because they're so fundamentally different, like from a cost per click point of view. You've got to look at how much you're paying for that lead and often it's a, it's a no-brainer for many businesses because Google search ads really do make the phone ring. There's just, there's just no doubt about it for those reasons I mentioned. Yeah. And I think it's worth sort of double clicking for our audience too on that concept that you talked about search intent. You know, when we're on Facebook or Instagram or similar there too, no one goes there with the intent to find a chiropractor or find a naturopath. We're there to kind of share our day. But when somebody goes in and types in, you know, chiropractor Bondi or naturopath Bondi as well, they are raising their hand and they're saying, I want to find a, you know, aforementioned name there too. One of the big mistakes I see, uh, you know, many of our coaching clients making with this toe is they choose the wrong words and they perhaps go a little bit broad with their search intent as well. Can you tell us a little bit more what kind of uh, phrases or terms might have higher search intent and why might putting something like just chiropractor, why might that be a bad idea for that chiropractor in Bondi? Yeah, that's a really good question. So basically, you need to really put yourself in the mind of your ideal kind of patient or target customer, whoever, whatever kind of practice you have. So somebody who puts in just chiropractor into Google, well, that can mean lots of different things, right? That can be somebody who's looking at what what does a chiropractor do? You know, they want to know the definition of it. It might be a kid doing a research project or it could be, uh, you know, what are the qualifications to become one? You know, there can be any kind of uh, in different levels of intent when somebody types in what's called the single keyword. Mm. Um, the real success that business owners have is when they type, when you sort of bid on, or we'll sort of get to that a little bit later because it's an auction, but when you elect your ad to be shown for more longer term phrases. So uh, a good one for local kind of business would be, uh, chiropractor near me, for example, yes. those kinds of very intent based, uh, terms where that would, what they've typed in indicates what they want. And I guess that's your job as an advertiser to really transport yourself into the mind of your target, um, patient. What would they be typing in that would deem them to be interested in somebody right now? you know, chiropractor, Bondi, opening hours, 
you know, look, all, all, there's, there's a whole slew of kind of terms that you can use. Mm. So, um, yeah, I, I definitely do not recommend bidding on what's called single keyword phrases because you will get a lot, lots of people type them in. So you get a lot what's called search volume, but the conversion rate, which is of the people who click on it, do actually call you is, is really, really low. A really good litmus test for people to do is to actually go to Google and type in, let's say, chiropractor and see if there are ads. Generally speaking, if there are no ads there, then that's a bad sign <laughs> that you don't want to also be there as a sweeping generalization. Um, so yeah, type, go into Google and type in kinds of phrases that you think would be good and see if other people are bidding on those. And if they are, it's generally say it's a good sign. Yeah. And would it be fair to say that perhaps in my experience too, that, that the kind of two biggies that I think our audience should be focusing on is your profession name and near me or, and then your profession name and then your suburb in kind of, so whether it be Port Melbourne chiropractor, chiropractor Port Melbourne, chiropractor yep. near me, they're probably the big fish to be kind of starting with. Um, would that be a fair assumption? Definitely. Absolutely. Yep. And obviously the surrounding suburbs, which people would be willing to travel to your, you know, you wouldn't do on the other side of town where it's like an hour drive in traffic. That's probably a much harder sell for people um, versus some, you know, the, the surrounding suburbs are also really good. And the beauty with those kinds of words is they don't actually cost a lot because it's such a local phrase where not that many people would be searching for that. Yeah. So, and therefore not that many other people service that and it's not that expensive. How does, uh, um, how does the near me phrase work, Alana? Because, you know, I might be bidding for a near me face in this part of Melbourne and then someone right over the other side is going to be bidding for the near me face. When you're setting that up in the background, does it, do you qualify what near me is or how do, or does Google just kind of know that? So um, what you're referring to is what's called location targeting or geofencing your ads. So you have, when you run Google ads, you actually have complete control over pretty much everything. So you can say to Google, Hey Google, you know, I'm a chiropractor in, you said Port Melbourne. Let's yes. say I'm, I don't know <laughs> much about Melbourne suburbs. So forgive my ignorance. Um, and you can say, I only want my ads to be seen when people are within a, and you can control this, let's yes. say a five kilometer radius around the suburb of, around the address of your business. Maybe you want a seven kilometer radius, maybe you want a two kilometer radius. And if people drop out of that area, your ad, when they type in whatever it is that you want, will not be shown. So yeah, you do what's called location targeting so that your ads are only shown to people when they're in the area that you have elected. Great. Makes perfect sense. So once we've kind of bid on that, where do we send them from the ad? Is, should we send them to a specific page? Should we send them to the homepage on our website? Should we do something specific for these people? What, what would work best for us as kind of service providers? So it kind of depends. Um, I, I'm a, you know, traditionally there's been a lot of sort of, um, I guess, push in the market for building what's called landing pages where these like one pager websites that are designed to get people to um, 
take the next step. The thing what I find, I've done a lot of health practitioners. I did a lot in the dental space and well, ads in the dental space as well as podiatry and so sort of your, your kind of area is I kind of find that people want to look around the website a little bit, especially when it's dealing with their health. Like, yes, they want to know, you know, so for example, um, Oh God, I'm going to show my ignorance with, with chiropractors, but you know, like lower, lower back help or something. Yeah. And they go to the lower back section of a chiropractor, but then that sounds really interesting, but they want to know, well, what are the qualifications of this particular person and who actually is this person that's going to be fiddling around with my back? So then they will go to the about section. So I think there's been a bit of a shift in the market whereby um, it's almost like um, you, landing pages don't really work as well in, anymore because the one pages, unless they kind of cater for all the different areas that people want to explore, in, in my experience, they didn't convert as well as sending them to the specific page on your website. But ideally, once again, it comes into getting into the mind of your target customer whereby if you are just typing in um, something to you know, lower back pain and I need a you know, lower back chiropractor Port Melbourne, for example, mm -hmm. yes, I will want to land on that particular page of the website. So you send them to that specific page rather than the homepage, but knowing full, full well that they probably will explore your website further. Yeah. Then if I'm going to set up a specific page and let's just say that it's, I'm, I'm going to say a general specific page that there's an oxymoron for you. So a page on my website that is kind of dedicated to says, you know, here's what to expect on your first visit. Um, would that be better than perhaps just my generic homepage or where are you suggesting people go or at least a page that gives them an opportunity to kind of scoot around, find a little bit more about me, my opening hours, perhaps have a look at my blog, my other bits and pieces. Personally, I am, if, if you're um, bidding on a specific type of ailment or query yep. that people are having, I personally like to send them to that specific page on your website, provided it has some elements on there. So some ideally a way of them contacting you from that page for mm. the people who aren't really in the mood to start clicking around. And so ideally you have a phone number in the top right-hand corner of, of every page on your site, perhaps even a form um, that they can submit their details on in the sidebar, for example, or just some way that they can contact you quite easily. And then if they do choose to explore around your website, there are also those other uh, ways that they can contact you pretty much on every page. Yep. And one of the things too, um, many of the people are going to be kind of looking at this, I've got to imagine on their mobile device when we're kind of searching, are there key elements that tend to change for mobile versus, you know, a desktop laptop sort of base that we need to be aware of? Okay. So yeah, as I mentioned before, um, that you have complete control over everything uh, from the Google ad side of things. That's another level of control that you have with, uh, your ads that you can say that you do want your ads to appear for when people are searching on their mobile, or if you don't, then you can turn mobile off. For example, I would say you definitely in this day and age do want to have uh, the option to have uh, to turn mobile on, but perhaps you want to send them to a specific mobile optimized page. So you can uh, create mobile only campaigns 
in your Google Ads account that you can control where you send them. Mm. So, yeah, in this day and age, it is it, in terms of like I find um, a lot, lot of the health practitioners, it is a lot of mobile. And we do what's called um, call-only ads. Yes. Where, yeah, so where they don't actually go to your website at all. Uh, the only way for them to find out more about you is to actually pick up the phone and call you. So when they see your ad, we very clearly say in the ad, um, you know, call us now. They click on the ad. It gives the prompt on their mobile phone to confirm, do you want to call? And they hit the call button and they go straight through. And that's kind of what I meant where Google ads really does make the phone ring. But then the job of the receptionist or the person answering the phone is to answer their questions and kind of get them to, to walk through the door. Yeah, got it. So just help me out with that ad just to sort of clarify. When So we've typed in Bondi Chiropractor. My ads have come in that upper part of the fold when I've gone. They're the first ones that appear. I click on you know, Bondi Chiropractic and then does that go through to a landing page that says call us to find out more or call us to book an appointment? What, what, what happens? So there's two different types. You can have them to go to a website where you can send them to the landing page. Yes. Or you can create a mobile or call only campaign where they don't, they do not go through to a website at all. It right. just. So once I click on that ad, it then prompts me, it says, Hey, do you want to call? Correct. Confirm or cancel. That is the only option they have. Got it. And what sort of results are you seeing with that versus sending somebody to a landing page? Uh, it depends for what kind of keyword. We get really good results with emergency type work for the call only campaign where people are wanting to just get help now for those kinds of emergency type things. And after hours also works really well versus bidding on some kind of, um, you know, people are in a little bit of research mode, for example, they're not quite ready to get help now, then we'd send them to a landing page. But you have to test it. For some businesses, it works really well. And for some, it, it doesn't, you know. It's, it is also worth mentioning that if they click on that call only ad, and that prompt comes up on their phone saying, do yes, do I want to call this number or cancel? If they hit cancel, you have still paid for that click cost. Got it. That was going to be my next question to ask that exactly too. Another yep. thing too, I just, uh, one of my peeves uh, on uh, mobile anyway, is that when I'm searching through websites and there's a phone number there and then I tap on that phone number and yep. it doesn't ring. So it's important. I've got to imagine that, that your phone numbers be clickable. Uh, is that the right kind of yep. way to, to, can you explain that to our audience a little better than I just did? Yeah, yes. So what you're talking about is when you're viewing a website on a mobile device, the coding on your website can be such that um, the, well, I guess the HTML code where your phone number is that if somebody's on a mobile, if they actually click on that number, it will bring up that prompt to call. But what you're experiencing is it's not clickable at all. And that is a, um, a big thing for many people's websites. So it's a super, super easy fix, yes. a web design point of view. So often that's one of the first things we will check. And if for whatever reason, it might take a little while for that to be fixed. What we will do or I teach people how to do is to then yeah, turn mobile off for those kind of classic 
campaign. So we're not even giving those people an experience on a mobile device. But for the mobile people, we do the call only because it's not a good mobile experience for people. When they then fix the website, then by all means, we can send mobile traffic to the landing page. But I wouldn't want to send mobile traffic to a landing page which the phone number is not clickable because that is also one of my pet peeves as well. It's super frustrating and it's such an easy thing mm. for people to fix. It's just in this day and age, I think people's tolerance for a non-mobile optimized experience is nil and they're just going to leave straight away and you've paid for that person to come to your website. It's kind of your duty to make sure it's a good experience for them because they just speak with their clicks and they just hit that back button and they just leave straight away. So, mm. and yeah, you, yeah, you need to do that. So when our audience finishes listening to this riveting episode here as well, I want them to get their mobile device out, type in their practice website. And firstly, there should be a phone number up on the top of the screen on every page. And then just click on it, like with your thumb, touch it and see if it prompts you to, uh, you know, for the phone number to actually call from there. And then if it doesn't, then you should be ringing your web person or doing a search online. It's really easy as, uh, you know, Alana said beforehand, um, you know, if you haven't had the most basic of tech skills um, for you to make that happen, um, and also. So what else should we be thinking about with regards to kind of service listings and Google search? Any other things that would be important for us to get results? Yes. So I would pay really close attention to writing good ad copy, which is the words that you use in your ad itself. Like you do need to entice people to click on your ad and the beauty is you do actually have a lot of space so you can't write as much as you want there are what's called character limits applied to your text ads in google search and that's just so people don't you know dominate the entire uh, results and so you keep it really short and succinct but really this is where this is your opportunity to tell people the benefits of coming to your practice rather than the features. So really emphasize the benefits of, of your practice over a different practice, for example, and, uh, and what they're going to experience and, and why they should come to yours over others. So that's so pay attention, I think, to the ad copy. It definitely does make a difference. People just think, oh, whatever, I'm just going to write whatever and, and, and throw some stuff at the wall and, and forget about it and never worry about it again. So I often say, you know, really think about the features and always create two different types of ads so that you can do what's called a split test. So you can, of um, a portion of the people will see one variation of the ad and the other portion will see a different variation. And pretty quickly you'll see which ad is better um, so yeah you can do split tests and you can then uh, apply the winning ad in other forms of your marketing so you might split test one type of uh, benefit over in and the other benefits in a different ad and you might have a clear winner so for example that you've got you know over 30 years experience versus you know be seen straight away for example and people value experience over uh, convenience, perhaps, you can then apply those learnings from that split test in other forms of your marketing. So people kind of view things I find in isolation. So you might then in your website copy, really emphasize the fact that you have really good experience 
out because that's what people value, you know? So the beauty with Google search is I say to people, it's like the ultimate testing ground, mm. you know, like you're, you've got the amazing opportunity to get in front of people who are searching for exactly what you offer. It's the perfect test testing ground to see, as I said, what features resonate with them more. Uh, is your website doing its job to convert people? And um, what, what do they actually type into Google that led them to call you? So lots of people ask me, oh, should I do SEO or PPC? The answer I say to people is to do both actually, mm. but start with buying uh, Google search traffic first so that you can see what people type into Google and then you can optimize that for your SEO. Yeah. Alana, can you remind our audience of the difference between a feature and a benefit? Sure. Well, um, the way I kind of, um, if, if I'm struggling to kind of really distinguish the features, which is like the facts about a business versus uh, the benefits, I always kind of put in, so then what? You know, so for example, um, you know, over 30 years experience, so then what? So that we've got the knowledge and experience to identify all these problems, blah, 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 blah. So if you can insert a so then what and come up with an answer, then that answer is I find the benefit. That's what I do personally. Love it, love it. I'm a, uh, I'm a so you can. So, but so, right. so same kind of thing there too. And it's it's easy for us to want to communicate in features, um, but people are really looking for those benefits. And when they can be, my experience is too, is that people make decisions emotionally and then they justify with logic. Um, you know, the idea of because thirty years experience is a kind of interesting one because it's kind of a feature there too but it does kind of open up all those other bits and pieces that kind of run through it um, as well too i want to kind of go back to this concept as well that you started off with saying that um, google adwords can be more expensive um, and by that too with some of the dental people and your experience there, and i know this is going to be a huge amount of variance but what might a service provider arrange expect to pay for that phone call into their practice can you give us some like a range honestly it, there are so many variables it really really depends and the variables are dependent upon a how many other practitioners are wanting to appear for that particular term so how much competition because adwords is or google ads now they're called uh, is an auction right where you are bidding against others and how much you pay the risk of kind of getting a bit technical is affected by how many other people are also wanting to be there. So that's a big factor kind of from a cost per click point of view, but you might have a brilliantly highly optimized converting website that of the clicks that you get, you get a lot of leads. So then that's going to really affect what you pay for that lead because yeah, if it's converting really well, then your cost per lead is going to be really low versus if you have a, not a very good landing page or website, you're going to pay really 
high? So it's almost impossible to answer, mm. to be honest. Well, my experience is, and I'll kind of share mine, certainly for the chiropractic industry, is that anywhere from at the cheap end, kind of around about $15, anywhere kind of up to $100 is what I'm kind of seeing happen. I know that's a huge range, but if for you think for most practitioners out there too, that if you had to pay $100 for a really good quality lead, which probably means their first visit you're kind of giving for free and then their lifetime of care afterwards, like even at $100, um, it's cheap as chips. Uh, and I know that scares some practitioners to begin with. I'm like, God, I'm going to be paying $100. Well, you go, no, if, you're, if the actual care that you deliver if the product that you have is really great, if you're good at what you do, which you shouldn't be getting into the advertising until you've actually got a product that's worth advertising. If you're doing that, then my contention is that you should be able to well and truly pay 100 and maybe even two or $300 per lead if they're a good quality lead and you're good with your follow-up care as, as well. Did, would that be a reasonable kind of assertion to make? Definitely. And I guess that's the job of um, the practice owners to really nurture that relationship mm. and to build that lifetime value of that customer. And I say to all my clients and, and coaching students, you know, this is one piece of a very big pie. It's an important piece, but it's not the only piece. And yeah, many, many businesses uh, will often lose money on what's called the front end mm. because they know they make it back on, on the back end. And whether you do that is an individual decision of how quickly and hard you want to grow your business. But I'm a believer in if you can break even on the front end and you do have a back end, then um, I, I personally would. But, you know, it's, a, it's your different kind of risk tolerance as well, yeah. you know. Well, I, I think that, you know, most of the listeners here too, it, you know, it's, it is repeat, like, you know, if you're a massage therapist listening to this too, you know, if they come along and have a great massage, then people are going to want to be coming back again and again. And certainly, you know, with chiropractic, when someone has a cranky back, rarely is it one adjustment and they're fixed. Um, you know, it takes time for us to break down and it takes time for us to kind of get back on track. Um, with the and you're also building a referral network. I find that a lot with the dental clients that we have helped mm. where, you know, you might get one person, but then you get, you know, the family and the friends and et cetera. So you, you are also building your referral network as well, which um, you can't forget. Yeah. And I would reinforce with what, um, you know, Alana has said throughout this you know, the episode here that, that Google gets the phone ringing, you know, we get excited about Facebook ads and Instagram and all of those kind of things as well. And now, Lana, you have um, a, a training membership where you kind of help people um, through this as well. Can you tell us a little bit about teachtraffic.com? Sure. So um, basically I've, I've run my agency now for, I don't know, seven years <laughs> and um, I've kind of taken on a bit of the next step to um, really focusing on teaching people exactly kind of the people I've served for seven odd years, teaching them how to do it. So in teachtraffic.com, that's exactly what I do where people can leverage off my seven years of experience and learn exactly what working from somebody who's done it for so long. And I help people in there build out these campaigns themselves, learn how either they train their staff members or they want to learn themselves. And I help them one-on-one -on -one in, in my training membership, how to, how to create those campaigns so that they don't need an agency. Yeah. And so I guess, you know, for our audience, there's, 
you know, three ways that you can kind of go about this. Alana's podcast, Talking Web Marketing, she interviews loads of great people. So there's really great free content there. Um, you know, before I get into that, if you're not using some form of pay-per-click inside of your practice there, then you're missing out on, you know, an enormous avenue for you to reach more people as well. And like all things, you know, nobody ever taught us this in practice. Uh, you know, we learned how to be chiropractors and naturopaths, those kind of things there too. Yes. But if you don't have a great marketing campaign for your practice, as we said to begin with, then the build it and they will come strategy is just not a winning formula for you as, as well. So there's teachtraffic.com if you're wanting some more hand holding as well, or greenarrowdigital.com. Now I have all these links in the show notes um, as well there too. Alana's great. I you know, have been following along a little bit of what we share inside of another platform where we are together. And then I've been kind of binging through her podcast in preparation oh, cool. for this as, as well. So in kind of winding up today, um, Alana, are there any kind of final thoughts that you have for our listeners at all with regards to, you know, what we've chatted about? Yeah, I guess I'd say I'd kind of encourage your listeners, like it can all sound a little bit daunting, you know, um, and I think if you kind of view it as you've got to do everything, then yeah, it is really daunting. But often I say to people is just to start really small, but just start doing like one thing and get that working and then you can build on it and then grow from there. But, you know, to start doing Facebook ads and Instagram ads, Google ads, like it's, it's too much, you know, for many people. So find, um, yeah, find what works and do that sort of and build on it. So for example, just start with Google search. Don't bother doing the other parts of Google that I, we touched on at the very beginning of the episode. There's no point. Actually, I created a course specifically for your kind of listener where it's like Google ads light basically, whereas just the search and, and one other tiny little part, which, which is retargeting. So getting people back to your website, who've, who've come to your website before. So only showing those ads to those people, which we didn't really talk about today, which is fine. Um, for that reason, you know, for most businesses, they don't need the Google display network. They don't need YouTube. So yeah, that's why I created that course specifically uh, because nine out of 10 businesses just want to run a very, very basic and local search campaign uh, and maybe follow up some ads after, but then that's it, you know? Yeah. Alana, is that the course you're talking about over at Teach Traffic or is it somewhere else where they can find out? It is. Yes. It's on teachtraffic.com. Yep. Well, Alana, on behalf of the Marketing Your Practice podcast, me, Angus Pike from Adio Media, thanks so much for joining us today. I think we've timed this perfectly with everything. Yeah. Too. Shall I show you a quick little image of her? Ah, uh, she's oh. gorgeous. Yeah. What's her name? Her name is Lottie. Lottie. Great name too. Alana and Lottie, see you later. Thanks for your time today. Thank you so much. Bye. Bye. If you enjoyed listening to this podcast, you have to come and check out the Community Influencer Program. It's my monthly coaching program where we take all this material and I'll work one-on-one -on -one with you to apply, implement, systematize, and help guide you and your practice to the next level. Now, you can join me on over at adiomedia.com forward slash join. That's adiomedia.com forward slash join. I'd love to see you in there.